Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Law College Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today, I got a fun episode to share with you. I just had a conversation with a gentleman named Stephen Thomas King. Not to be confused with Stephen King, the author. Stephen Thomas King is also an author. He's working on a very interesting set of books called The Seven Dares. Uh, I, overall, it was a fun conversation. We dove into what these seven dares are. It was kind of unique compared to some of my other episodes. He asked me a lot of questions. So if you're curious, you might learn more in this episode about me than probably any other episode. Uh, great guy, great project he's working on, and I encourage you to support him over at the7dares.com. Uh, so please, without further delay, enjoy this conversation with Stephen Thomas King. Steven, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Excited to get to know you and a little bit more about your audience and what it is you do. Yeah, absolutely, man. So same goes here. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about uh, what you're up to and, and a little bit about your story. So, I mean, maybe for the listeners out there who are not familiar with your work already, would you mind sharing a little bit about what you're up to and how you got into doing that? Uh, yeah, it was just over a year ago. I realized that I was stuck in the same life, meaning I couldn't remember if something had happened a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, because I had lived the exact same year at least three times back to back. And that's when I, I kind of had that wake up moment that said, wait a minute, I could do this forever and then die. Is this the year I want to live over and over and over again? And the answer was a resounding no. Uh, not that there was anything wrong with my life, but there wasn't a progression. There wasn't growth. And so I think the core belief is that things are either growing and becoming or they're dying and decaying. And I realized it's just a matter of time before I was going to be dying and decaying. So I uh, kind of had that wake up moment. I said, I need to do something different. I started selling my stuff. I got rid of my house. I bought an RV. I've been traveling for just over a year writing. Uh, writing books on the, the seven dares, the seven biggest ideas that I've ever encountered. So that's where you find me a year into this journey, traveling and writing. Well, what was the response of, you know, like friends or family when you sort of had that break and, you know, you started selling your stuff? Um, I think that they kind of expect me to do this type of thing. I'm a creative person. I've definitely had seasons to my life where I do something for two or three or four years. So I don't think anyone that knew me really well was shocked. Maybe some of the people that only know me a couple of years and all that they knew of me was that season. Mm -hmm. probably were wondering what in the world, but uh, anyone that's known me more than four years has known there was a season before that and a season before that. So, I mean, I, yeah, I commend question. you for, I commend you for making a break like that because uh, it's funny. You're, you're in an RV. It's kind of like breaking bad. You know, you had that moment uh, where, <laughs> We're like, I just cannot keep doing this same mundane lifestyle. Um, I love that show, by the way. Same, same. Anti-hero character. They did so good with that show. They did phenomenal. They got a movie coming out next month. It'll be awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, now here you are in the desert in an RV, living the Walter uh, White lifestyle. I, I'm assuming that there's not a meth lab to the left of you or anything like that. But um. <laughs> I'm just looking. Nope. It's all put away. It's all put away out in public. You can't let it, uh, let it show. But I think that's cool, man. A lot of people have a hard time making that break or at least uh, having the courage to make the break because they probably contemplated it many times and stuck with their routine, stuck, got stuck in the groove that they're in, got stuck uh, you know, with the identity that other people sort of uh, create for them, you know, like their closest friends and family members. So that's why I always... I'm curious about how that response is because that, you know, a lot of people get stuck and trapped by the, the opinions of their, 
the people closest to them. So it's always a cool thing to be able to see sort of the fluidity there. As people hear my story, and I've met thousands, probably tens of thousands of people as I've traveled this last year, almost everyone has a parallel story or at least an emotion, a feeling, and your listeners probably can resonate. Everybody has is something they want to break away to, the ideal, the dream, the next level of them. And most people feel a little bit stuck, just like I did, just like I still do some days. And so I think that's one of the, the stories that's going on. You know, as I meet someone, I try to get to know them. I ask, like even you, Patrick, I'm wondering, huh, what's this guy's story? What's going on behind the scenes that gives him this motivation to do this podcast? And I'll bet it's something along those lines that there's a you you're chasing, there's a next level that you're breaking away to. I just, I think that's what it is to be human, to constantly stretch and to reach and to grow. So absolutely, great, man. great point. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious about uh, how you came up with the seven dares and what the, where these ideas came from, how they hit you and, and uh, yeah, like what's the origin story for the seven dares? The uh, short version is there's seven piles of great ideas that I want to know and be reminded of over and over again. So I'm collecting those piles of ideas and I'm putting them into seven short books so I can have them for myself. The longer story is for about 10 years, I read books. I told people I read a book a day. I actually read probably five books a week and I'd spend about four hours every morning just reading. <clears throat> and after doing that for 10 years, I realized, wait a minute, I'm wasting a big chunk of my life or at least investing a big chunk of my life reading and what do I have to show for it? Especially when you, I would reread a book and go, oh yeah, I totally forgot I read this book. And so it became this equation of what's the maximum amount of knowledge to take in and apply to create the life that I want so that I'm not just wasting my life processing information. And so after I went back over all the books I'd read, I said, eh, they kind of relate to different topics, topics I'm interested in, but also just the topics that people write about. And so I started saying, well, what are those topics? And it came down to about seven categories, seven focuses or seven domains that to me are super important. And then as I talked to my friends, family, and now strangers about them, they, they kind of resonate. Each of the seven people go, oh yeah, yeah, that's me too. And so that's how I came up with seven. And so far, so good. Like it's actually a fear that like, what if I stumble upon an eighth one and then I got to rewrap my RV? <laughs> For those that don't know my RV, I spent a bunch of money to have it wrapped and it says the seven dares. So everyone that walks up to me says, oh, what are the seven dares? If I ever find an eight, eighth one, I'm in trouble. Uh, you know, I think you could pull that off. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Four Agreements. You know, it's like yeah. they came out with a fifth agreement, you know? Yeah. And Stephen Covey had his eighth habit, habit of the heart, I think it was. Yeah. It gives you After. a little follow up, you know, gives you yeah. the next book, right? So, so what are else in three years? So, so what are the seven dares? Okay. The seven big ideas. This is the, this is the good stuff for taking notes. This is what you want to write down. It's a dare to align, to create, to connect, to dominate, to discover, to excel and to serve. Those are the seven. And so you feel like if someone were to implement those ideas into their life, they'd be able to get closer to what they're ultimately trying to achieve or to the next version of themselves or what, what's, what do you see as sort of like the end result of someone who can implement those ideas into their life? I have a, a reoccurring experience and maybe you've experienced this too, where you kind of wake up in a moment and you go, wait, how did I get here again? Then you realize, Oh yeah, I'm just in my daily routine. And I come through this, like when I'm in Las Vegas, there's a certain Thai restaurant and I eat there often. So I'll just come to in that moment, like, oh, yeah, I ordered the same Thai food that I always order. So here I am. And when I wake up and I have that moment of, aha, here I am. I'm conscious. I'm aware. I'm going to choose a focus or direction. I believe that these seven dares, they're a, a focus that one could choose in any moment. So, for instance, dare to connect. Here we are. I'm talking to my mic. You're way over there on the other side of the world. But somehow in this moment, I can choose to connect with you. And by making that my focus. Okay. This next couple minutes is going to be all about connecting with Patrick around him and his life and what he's all about and how I can create value and serve him. 
And so if I just choose, okay, I'm going to dare to connect right now, that's a quality choice. And almost any moment or any situation, if I look around and say, who could I connect with? That's a good choice. That's a good use of that moment of my life. And so each of the seven, similarly, I think any moment you pause and you say, what can I create? Dare to create. What could I create in this moment that would bring life and joy and lift and inspire? I think that's a good question to ask as many times as you can per day. I don't think you can ask that question too many times. Uh, dare to discover. What am I ignorant of? What could I learn in this moment? Uh, how can I become the student of this moment? So similarly, each of the seven is a focus that could be cho chosen in any moment. And come the end of my life, I really want to be able to look back and say, that's what I focused on. I focused on my creative output. I focused on my connections. I focused on my learning. I focused on excelling and being really, really good at something that I'm, I have a shot of being the best in the world. That's dare to excel. I focused on service. And so I want my life to be about these seven things. To me, it's a reminder in any moment I can shift my focus, zero in on one of those seven, and I've used that moment wisely. I think that's a great idea because usually where people get hung up is, uh, is actually making that decision like in the now to do something. They're mm -hmm. usually more, you know, they, they have the idea like, oh, I'll get to that. I'm going to do these things or I should have done, you know, they're reflecting on the past. Uh, whereas it really is about taking the time in the present to, to do one of those things. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great, um, great messaging there too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm open to your feedback as I've been writing. I've been taking the, uh, the concepts, I've been turning them into first person. So beliefs about myself in the moment, like one of those, it could just be as simple as I am a learner. And so dare to discover if I believe about myself that I am a learner, anytime I pause and say I am a learner, now I've positioned myself or postured myself towards the present moment to gain value, to exchange value with the moment. Um, to take some piece of what's happening right now and take it into the future with me so that my tomorrow self is more valuable than my present. So I'm just going through life and I'm looking for valuable nuggets and moments, connections, learnings, and uh, trying to keep my focus on those seven, the, the seven most important. So I am a little bit curious about you in this podcast and your audience. It's knowledge without college. That's right. And uh, I'm just curious to know how you, how you got to, to where you are and uh, what your audience is like. What are, they, what are they after? What are they looking for? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about what they care about. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I gather from my audience, because I, I host a wide range of, of guests on this show and I talk to a lot of different people from a diverse background and uh, what I gather is that they just want, they're looking for information and they're, and they're enjoying the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. The reason why I started this show was because uh, I'm a college dropout myself. I went to one year Love of it. college and in that one year I was commuting to and from school uh, and I started listening to podcasts during my commute and in between classes I was listening to mm -hmm. Joe Rogan, Dan Carlin, Tim Ferriss. They're some of my favorites. And uh, at a certain point, you know, being stuck in these general education classes, uh, bored out of my mind, it felt like I was back in like the 10th or 11th grade. I was learning more and enjoying learning more from the podcast I was listening to, to and from and in between classes than mm -hmm. I was in the classes. And, uh, so, you know, basically I, I started to realize that all of the information out there in the world uh, is basically more accessible than ever before in all of human history. If you got one of these beautiful things, you got an iPhone in your pocket, yep. you have access to, you know, it's like, this is like some mythical device, you know, if you like for ancient humans would only dream of, of that. I'm kind of excited about the, the new one that comes out this week. Have you looked at it? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I love them. Apple. I love what they do. Uh, but at a yeah. certain point, I think uh, they should start like spacing them out or something. Cause like every year it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's almost becoming like a, like just hilarious. You know, it's like, let me guess another camera. Got it. Third camera. There we Nailed go. it. They can see you from absolutely any angle now. It's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
if you want to get uh, a wide fish islands, we got it now. Yeah, seriously. Um, but it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing tool. Like you can go on the internet, you can get almost any classic literature for free from like Kindle. Mm-hmm. You can go on Wikipedia, read about anything you want. You have all the answers in your pocket all the time. And when I realized that I was spending thousands of dollars on a college education, which I wasn't interested in, like I didn't want to learn these things that I was forced to learn. Like I was in a math class. They were trying to put me in a language class. Like I don't, I, this just is not mentally stimulating to me. I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I want to focus on what I want to focus on. Um, so, you know, just realizing that all the information in the world out there that I've actually found valuable was just, you know, in my pocket or on my laptop on the internet. Uh, and you know, great medium for collecting information was like YouTube and podcasts. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to focus on my own self-education, uh, just dive into whatever I want to focus on. And another thing that sort of hit me around the same time was entrepreneurship and realizing mm. how many entrepreneurs were also college dropouts and that yep. they had no secret recipe. It wasn't their credentials that got them where they were. It was, you know, what they were doing with their network, with the people around them, or what they were doing with the information that they came across in life. And, you know, all the books that you can read in college, you can read on your own. Um, right. And it's just a matter of like discipline. So from that point, I decided to drop out of college and really just up my discipline and treat uh, those four years while everyone else was doing this structured education, getting drunk on the weekends. I decided mm-hmm. to treat those four years as my own self education, you know, sort of boot camp. And I, got the developed the habit of reading uh consistently nothing like uh i'm impressed by your four hours a day that's phenomenal five books a week you know that's like a superpower um but you know even it was a it was a very fruitful season of life intellectually but it's also it's also frustrating i think a lot of people can relate to this that once you get your head full of ideas it's really hard to actually do anything with your life and I think college is that for a lot of people. It's cramming in a lot of information, information, information. And four years later, they're almost more confused when you talk to them and say, what are you going to do? <gasps> so that exasperate, like, I, don't, I haven't thought, I'm not thinking about that till I graduate. And yeah. so I, I think you're onto something that the value of information has shifted because all information is available to anyone who's focused and diligent. And so I think you're onto something. I think the yeah, entire yeah. industry has got to be, it's got to be the ripest for revolution right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the price point versus the value. I mean, it's, it's obscene. Well, yeah. And that's what I saw was that the the price is up here and Mm -hmm. the access to information for everyone else is like through the roof. Like it used to be hundreds of years ago. If you wanted to get information, you had to go to a university. You had to, it was the only place where there were books um, or people that were smart. Uh, But now it's just, it's everywhere. You don't have to, like you can take a Harvard class online for free. You just don't get the degree. Right. <laughs> Crazy. But what you mentioned about being able to apply the information is really the other thing that I yeah. found interesting was that you can learn all this stuff, but if you're not actually using it, what's the point? Um, you know, you, you could read one book a year, but if it really meant something to you and made a dramatic shift in your life, you're going to actually get a lot more impact out of that than, you know, 10 college courses or whatever. I think that's a great point. I think that uh, you need not just a lot of ideas or not just a belief system, but you need a coherent belief system without a lot of turnoffs. Uh, the most effective people I know in life are people that gobble through information, but they get down to the point and then they just do. And uh, I think even with memes, there's so many, I, I think we live in a new, the religion of memes where people open their phone and be like, oh, what does the universe want for me today? And they read a few memes. But some of those memes might cancel out the memes that you read yesterday. Like if you read a yes, yesterday, you read a, a meme about being a badass. And then today you read one about being loving and kind and accepting. Well, which one do you live out of? And so in the seven dares, I hope to put together not just a set of ideas that are effective, but also one that a set that works together so I can actually apply them to my life. And then those that I share them with, that they would be fruitful ideas not just information. So I commend you for uh, creating the podcast and uh, getting after it. Way to go. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the podcast is, uh, it's just a great way to connect with people. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like what, what you're describing with your, uh, with your seven dares or, th- or sort of universal laws that um, whether people have 
read your content yet or not. It's like something that really applies. It's just this like podcast is really just an opportunity uh, to connect with people and have a, a conversation. And the coolest thing about it is, you know, the conversation is no longer exclusive to us. It's another thing where we can look at the internet and see what value it brings. And the fact that, you know, someone could be listening to this tomorrow, they could be listening to it next month, or they could listen to it in 10 years or a hundred mm-hmm. years and they might even still get value out of it. Uh, you know, that's a very powerful thing that again, never existed before just recently. So if you're not taking advantage of that, it's like, you know, you're missing out. It really is a tremendous power. As you picked up your iPhone, you hold it up to me and you show me, I have the power to pause any moment and to, to divorce from time and space and go into a virtual realm where I can be learning. So while I'm sitting in the back of my Uber, I can have my headphones in. I can be watching a podcast or listening to a great speaker from Harvard University, what have you. And also with these devices, we can create all the time. You can pull up a music app. You can be doing your, your best beat in the backseat of the Uber. And so we have all of the power all of the time. Talk about connection. I can connect with literally any human I've ever met from the back of the Uber at any time. And so... Now it's not, it's not that we don't have access. Now it's that we have too much access. And so now we need a navigation system. So to me, the seven dares, it's a navigation system to help me make better choices in the moment about how to, how to focus and how to spend my time. So speaking of value, uh, if, you're, if you're comfortable with it, let's jump in a little bit to the seven dares and let me ask you some questions about it. I think the listener uh, might get some value out of just talking through them and, uh, Maybe, yeah, maybe, we can, maybe we can dig into some value for you too. Sure. Uh, Give it a uh, the, shot. First, the first one is dare to align. It's kind of the front bookend. Uh, I, I see alignment as the, the idea that you have a place in the world. I don't really talk about it in Christian terms. I was raised very, very religious, very Christian. And so we would say that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. A lot of people get hung up on the, just the words. But I think we all have a sense that we matter and that we have something to contribute. And so I think there's kind of an inner compass that's leading and guiding every human I've ever met to say, okay, how do I matter? What am I supposed to be doing? And that we have a certain sense of responsibility that we've been gifted with life and what we do with our life actually matters. And so it sounds like you're on that, that journey yourself that you had a wake up call and you realize, okay, uh, I'm not going to do the traditional route. I'm not going to check all the, the boxes of go to school, get the normal job. You're going to do the entrepreneur route. And I commend you because it takes a lot of courage to get outside the box and to, to take the, the road less traveled. Give me some feedback for, as I'm writing. Uh, what are some of the challenges you've had in finding alignment in your life? Uh, what are some of the, the hangups maybe you faced? And then what are some of the breakthroughs that you found? aha moments where you go, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what my life is supposed to be about. Well, so for me, uh, I was fortunate enough to stumble across one of the very first books I ever read as an adult, Um, you know, like on my own accord was a book that was, uh, I heard recommended by Joe Rogan. He had the author Stephen Pressfield on his show. I don't know if you've heard this book. It's called the war of art. And yeah, yeah, that's, that is basically like my operating system since I picked it up. And uh, because I, I think uh, alignment or where you fit into this big puzzle is very confusing for a lot of people mm-hmm. and they don't know what they want because you don't, you really just don't know what you don't know. Right. So right. Um, the operating structure with that book is really to be able to use resistance as your guide mm. and I using, re- I yeah. do remember that. Does he say that resistance is like a clue that where you get the most resistance is a clue to what matters the most? There is, there is one passage in the book. It's something about like using resistance as basically a compass. Cause there's always that thing that you know that you want to do with your life, yeah. whether it's being an entrepreneur, an artist, create a certain thing or whatever. And that's the thing that when you go to sit down to do it, everything in the world tries to stop you from doing it. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. Like when I actually sit down to write, that's when I have distracting ideas just come in like a flood. Oh, did you take care of? Did you call back? Did you email? Did you text? And absolutely, there's a resistance. It's a a real thing that you feel when you're doing your most important work. Yeah, it's it's a force of nature. And so 
when, if you meditate on that and try to drill into where do you get that sense of resistance, it can help guide mm -hmm. you in the sense of figuring out like, that is what I should be spending my time on. And mm -hmm. you know, the ultimate, uh, sort of message of the book is that if you're not fighting resistance every day, and if you're not trying to achieve your, your fullest potential, that's basically the biggest sin that you can commit against humanity is to not try to battle resistance yeah. as much as you can and do uh, everything that you can do as a person. So um, that to me was very motivating because it's just like, this is the, there's this force that you can go to war with every single day. Uh, you can try and defeat and the more that you combat it, the closer that you'll get to whatever you're trying to accomplish. So even though I didn't know exactly, you know, I'm in a completely different scenario now than I was six or seven years ago when I first picked up that book. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just been following the resistance from, uh, you know, sort of one, one company, one job, one position to another until I've, I've ended up where I'm at today. Love it. If I was going to say a couple things to a listener, a listener that's looking for their place in the world, the first thing I would say is take heart, take courage. I know I've had some very dark days, some tough times where I wondered, would I ever find my way? with the, the balance of life, the amount of investment that I'm putting out, the energy I'm putting out, and then the, just very practically, the dopamine hitting my brain, like the happiness I'm getting, it, there were times where it didn't feel worth it. And uh, now that I've struggled through and I've made it to the other side, I'm experiencing a lot of purpose, I'm experiencing a lot of fulfillment. The first thing I would tell anyone on the front side of the journey is don't give up. So there's something going on in your life. There's something going on this planet that's worth showing up for. And so don't give up, keep showing up. That's the first thing. And then all the practical advice that a lot of coaches and, and self-help gurus say, like get around people that are going places and uh, that'll spark some of your heart will come alive. When you meet someone who's living for something, you go, wait a minute. I like that feeling that I have when I'm around them. And the more, that type of person. I think it has a lot to do with community being connected to a group of friends that are pursuing their best potential. I don't think you can overvalue that. And then just like we've been talking about getting into the information, everything's available. All the greatest books are a 99 cent download. Uh, most of the authors have done a talk, a Google talk or some other talk on their book. You don't even have to buy the book to get the content of the book. So there's so much information, so many ideas, and you can literally dialogue with the most brilliant minds of our time at any moment, and then use that as kind of a, a benchmark to check, well, where is my alignment? Where am I headed? And how does it relate to the great thinkers of our time? So that's, that's my two points account. Kind of around alignment is hang in there and then uh, push in and meet some people and read some books and get some exposure. So that, that's my thoughts on alignment. Anything else you want to add? No, man, I think, I think you nailed it. You know, I think, uh, especially when it comes to communicating with other people, you know, like the law of association, yeah. like you are like the five closest people to you. You're going to use that to your advantage mm -hmm. and, and focus on um, being around people who, who have what you want and uh, sort of, you know, mm -hmm. just naturally you'll pick up sort of their way of life, their best practices and their habits. Yeah. And we, we, some of us in this generation like to say, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what people think. The haters, I don't care. I don't care what nobody thinks. I do me. I'm my own person except if we're not because we're social beings and ultimately we all want to be loved, admired, respected. And so really the decision is not whether I'm going to care or not care. The decision is who I'm going to care, whose opinion am I going to value It's particularly their opinion about me. And so I think that law of association hits on that. So when you get people close to you that are going places, now all of a sudden you care what they think and you start going places to impress them. Pretty simple equation. Okay, so dare to align. That's the first one. Dare to create. I believe that every person has a creative potential. And when we talk about creativity, everyone thinks of uh, prodigy children, great painters, great musicians. Go, oh, no, I'm not creative. But I would challenge every person to ask themselves, well, what record do I want to leave of my life? Because that is your creative legacy. If you're learning stuff and you're documenting your learning in a journal, in some sense, that is a creative legacy that your kid or your great grandkid 
may one day find. Or like you're doing, creating a podcast. How many episodes do you have now? Uh, we're coming up on 50, somewhere in the mid-40s here. Yeah. So forever and ever, no one can take away from you that you created this set, this creative output. This is you. This is your mark on the planet. And so I think every human has some mark that they endeavor to leave. And just having a real open conversation with, your, with yourself to say, what is the mark I want to leave? And then what did I do today to put that marker on the page and, and actually create it? So to be fully alive, I think you have to be in, engaged in a creative process, whether that's creating a great relationship, creating a business, creating a hobby, whatever it is. At the end of the day, there's no feeling quite like pointing at something and said, I did that. I made that. That's me extended out into the universe. I did that. That's a great feeling. And I want every human to have that feeling regularly. So talk to me about your creative legacy, Patrick. I know the, the podcast, what other things are you involved in creatively? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I, I own a solar energy company and love it. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of fighting this two pronged battle here. One is with uh, you know, media podcasts. And, you know, this is something that I, I like to share is these conversations. Um, and, you know, I like to create these relationships, with the people on my show. Um, and then on the other end is, is the business, which, you know, I like, yeah, I want to create something that's perpetual that goes way beyond me. You know, if you look at uh, one of my favorite companies to study is Apple. You know, if you've ever read like a, mm -hmm. you know, about Steve Jobs, uh, you know, he started this company, it became a big hit. It was, you know, then he got kicked out of the company. Then it was going downhill fast. It was like about to go under. And when they finally brought him back in sort of as a, as a, you know, out of desperation to bring him back into the company, he was able to transform it into a company that now has more money in the bank than the United States government. It's like, unbelievable you know to be able to create something and now yeah. he's passed away and this apple is not going anywhere and look at what we have in our lives now um you know i use all mm -hmm. these apple products i have like this you know these are sleek beautiful beautifully designed products um you know it's a living legacy of of what steve jobs was able to contribute with just his mind and his energy um in putting people together to create this perpetual machine so um you know, just in general, being able to create something that goes, you know, far beyond your own existence is really just, I think, really the highest honor anyone can have. Mm. A couple of my favorite quotes are Steve Jobs quotes. The the one he he often quoted, I think he's read it on the back of a magazine or something, but about putting a ding in the universe. Yeah, exactly. And that was, yeah. that was his leadership style to say, hey, come follow me because we're, we're actually going to do something that matters. We're yeah. going to put a ding in the universe. And the other quote, uh, I won't get it exact, but the idea is said you can either live by the fruits of other people's thinking, their dogma, the way that they framed the world, or you can realize that they made all of that up <laughs> and you yeah. can make up your own set of beliefs and ideas and live out of those. And uh, rather than live with the results of other people's thinking, have the courage to really dig in and uh, figure out what you believe, what you think. Yeah. So. One of my, one of my favorites from him is, uh, yeah, I'm going to botch it too, but something like, you know, his life changed the moment he realized that everything in the world around him was made by people no smarter than he was. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really, you know, it's like anyone can create that kind of lasting legacy or a huge business or anything like that. It's cool. Yeah. You think you would think of that as like disrespect for people who have come before, but it's actually tremendous respect that someone created the institutions that we're living under now. I mean, it's remarkable that uh, yeah that totally I, so many have created so much but then the the turn where it flips over is you realize okay and what's next and i can be yeah. a part of the what's next so well i think that that's where uh a lot of i think there's a huge lack of appreciation for you know what all the comforts and and amazing society civilization culture that we have today um a lot of people sort of feel like just burn it to the ground, you know, change it all. We don't need these old institutions, but uh, you know, there's a reason, you know, we have, we have streets and buildings and, and yeah. highways and 
you know, democracy and capitalism. We have all these things that people, you know, thought through and developed and implemented and, you know, to lead to this extremely prosperous world that we live in today, where now you don't even have to, the last thing on, a, on most people's mind is hunger or thirst or, uh, you know, it's like it, we have it, live an incredibly comfortable life because of the people who, who, you know, directed their energy before us, you know, it's, you got to be able yeah. to appreciate that. Yeah. I, I listened to some Jordan Peterson the other day. Are you familiar with him? I'm oh, sure. I love Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how particularly the young want to restructure everything, want to tear it all down, burn it down. I got a yep. better idea. And his advice was, well, make your bed. <laughs> yeah. Get to yep. your life, get your life put together and then let's talk about it because it seems so easy to just fantasize about a better utopia. Good luck getting human nature to create that utopia. And so yeah, a little bit of respect for what's come before, I think is in order, but also reinventing and having the nerve to try some new things. So. Absolutely. So that's a dare to create, dare to connect. We've already talked about it. It has a lot to do with association. It has a lot to do with the idea that if, if we were going to torture you, we would put you into solitary confinement where you would have only your thoughts to wrestle with and you wouldn't have the emotional support to develop your ideas with other people, to develop your feelings, to develop connections and relationship. And so if the worst torture we could ever put a human into is, is isolation, then you look around and you see so many people isolated. I was on, I was traveling in Europe and I happened to look up and I saw, no fewer than a hundred people all the way up the train car, everyone on their phone, looking down on their phone, hundred people, at least a hundred phones, just everyone together, but not together at the same time. And I know that some of those people are talking to their mom and feeling very connected, but I also know a lot of those people are being tortured in solitary confinement. And so dare to connect really does take courage to open up enough to have a heart tie or connection with another human being. That is a risk. And so just to be in the practice of choosing moments day in and day out where you say, I'm going to just connect the next five minutes, seven minutes, I'm going to just be present and be with someone. See if I can understand their experience. See if I can contribute, see if I can create meaning, a moment of, of togetherness. So that is dare to connect. How does that relate to your life? Uh, I, I know that you reached out to me, which I respect. I think the, just having a podcast gives you an excuse to connect with interesting people. Is that part of your uh, motivation in doing all this? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm naturally an introvert, you know, like I, I don't connect, uh, easily, you know? Mm. So, um, uh, like I have friends that they're like networking gurus, like they just know everybody and they've heard of everybody and they talk to all sorts of different people and, you know, like, uh, have this massive network of people for me. It's, uh, that's, that's not a natural, uh, thing in my life. So I had to create a structure and a system for that. And so this podcast is just one of those things where I'm able to now, you know, I, I get to connect with people that I wouldn't otherwise be able to, because I'm able to, you know, host this conversation for the public to hear and, and, you know, share this value. That's, that's good for everyone who can come on the show. I love it. Thanks for having me, by the way. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, of course. And uh, I look I forward it. to seeing how your, uh, your solar company takes off and what up, whatever else you got up your slave sleeve, your creative legacy. I'm excited to see it. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. You know, we're sort of just rolling. We're just getting started over here, you know? Yeah. I love it. On the come up. Uh, so align, create, connect. Uh, the, the fourth one I, I talk a lot about is dare to dominate. And, uh, the idea is that each of us have been entrusted with a certain piece of the planet. There's a certain number of the molecules on this planet that are under my control that I say, that's my property. I'm responsible for that. And if anyone tries to steal it, I'm going to fight for it because it's mine. And so the idea that you have a kingdom or a domain that is placed under your control and you dictate how that, that kingdom, that realm is managed and whether the resources in that kingdom are aligned. I think of it almost like those old computer games where you had to get your guy out there in the field, plowing the field and you had to get the money to the right place. And you gotta get, you gotta get your kingdom arranged so that it is productive and ever growing. And I think we already touched on it, that idea that everything is either growing or dying. There's no stasis in life. 
And so in my realm, I want to, I want to dominate. I want to actually force my world to be the way, the best version that I can imagine for my world. So if that's just keeping my stuff in order, or if that's making sure that my money is in the right accounts, getting the right interest back, if that's as simple as going through my email at the end of the day to say, okay, I have these, these commitments that are open-ended. I'm going to go through them and knock them out so that as I go to sleep tonight, my world is in order. So dare to dominate. I think that we lose so much opportunity through sloppy thinking, messy living, just letting things slip and slide. You meet somebody, you think, oh, I was, I was going to help them. They were going to help me. Two months later, three months later, it's embarrassing to call them because you already let it slide. So just having a system where I say I'm going to do something, then I do it. I say I'm going to take care of something, I take care of it. And that I'm known as a reliable, dependent partner to people as I work with people, that I can get my end of the thing done. Sounds so easy. It's, it's something I still struggle with, keeping, keeping my world in order. But to the degree I've been able to order my world, I've found it to be actually creatively liberating because I'm not wasting my time uh, with little minutia. It's like the, 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 the realm is just set up for me to be the best version of me. I think that's a great way to say it, to make my dominion, my kingdom work for me so that I don't have to work against my world, work against <laughs> my systems. They just work for me. So I don't know how, how that relates to you because you're sounds like you're juggling a lot right now. You got the business thing, you got the podcast thing, whatever else you're doing. And so having some systems that support you in, in uh, dominating rather than being run over by life. Yeah I, mean, I, yeah, I mean, I look at it just like it's, it's full responsibility. So I had a realization mm. years ago that um, in order to grow, you have to take full responsibility for your life first and foremost. You know, a lot of people yeah. get stuck living with their parents, um, you know, or, or relying mm -hmm. on people for certain things. And that's just sort of like a blind spot in your life. So in order to get past that and to be able to have sort of a full map of where you're at today and to be able to chart the next path forward, you got to start by sort of, you know, taking full responsibility for your entire life. Uh, Cause you know, otherwise things are going to start working against you. If you don't take responsibility for the communications that you need to have with people, um, you know, those, those are going to slow you down. They're going to, they're going to, ultimately come back to bite you if you don't take responsibility for your traffic tickets or parking tickets or whatever uh that's only going to catch up to you and slow you down later on if you don't take responsibility for the space that you live in or you know pay your bills or you know it's all those little things that are you know it's like yeah you could get through the day without making your bed or cleaning your room or paying your electric bill today but uh, it's only going to slow you down later. So it's sort of creating an attitude of responsibility towards everything that you should be in control of so that you don't get bogged down later on by, um, by these things that are, are going to creep up on you eventually. Some of the most uh, successful partnerships I've had are with already successful people that have more opportunity than they know what to do with because life tends to compound when things go right, they go really right for people. And for whatever reason, because they had a breakthrough or a creative idea or some business took off, all of a sudden they have more money than they have time to invest or they have more people calling than they themselves can go out. And so a lot of very successful people I've met are actually looking just for trustworthy humans that can order their world enough that, that they could be entrusted with a piece of someone else's world, you know? Totally. So I think that's a lot of what partnership is. Partnership might be someone who's a little further on in life who says, okay, you, I see that you're, you've ordered your world. You're managing at the level. Here's a piece of my world. See what you can do with it. And so I think there's plenty of opportunity, particularly in this company, or I'm sorry, in this country, for anyone that can just get their life in order and say, I'm a responsible human being. Give me something to do. I can get it done. Exactly. Yeah. There, not, there's not no shortage. There, there's no shortage of like, you know, um, employment has never been this good ever. Um, there's yeah. in, in every single company, there's no shortage of, uh, of competent people or, or excuse me, there's an extreme shortage of competent people. You always need more and yeah. more people who 
can take responsibility for whatever their tasks are, their responsibility, their department, their role, their job, and do it really well. There's never enough of those people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's basically if you're able to put your own life in order, it's kind of like you mentioned the Jordan Peterson thing. Like you should make your bed before you know trying to trying to order the rest of the world. You got to start with ordering your own life, clean your room. Um, because if you can do that, then you can gain the trust of someone to trust you with a bigger piece and a bigger piece. And, and that grows faster than a lot of people probably realize. Yeah. It compounds life compounds. I think that's one of the biggest ideas I've ever run into that life compounds when it gets shitty, it gets really shitty, really fast. When it gets good, it gets really good, really fast. And if you can just get your life, the equation of your domain set up, if you get your resources set up so that it starts to snowball and you get more and more and more freedom more and more opportunity comes quick. So yeah. So dare to dominate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one's dare to discover. It is exactly what it sounds. It's, it's a daring to be the student of life. Recognize that every human being I meet is my teacher in some regard. And it behooves me to dig into, to really press them to, to find out what they're about and what they know that I need to know. And then just going on the internet every day, with open-ended questions and learning, self-education. I, I think it was Jim Rohn that said that uh, education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. Yep. Something like that. Oh yeah. I love that one. Yeah. So I think just approaching every day as the student of life and recognize that whoever learns the most wins in some sense. Uh, you got to be learning the right stuff. And obviously there's layers and qualifications, but in general, the student of life comes out on top. And so that's who I want to be. I want to have that as a core part of my identity that even if I'm completely confused, I'm going to learn, I'm going to figure it out. And then that gives me confidence to step into new situations and just play the student. Totally. So sounds like that's what your life is about, particularly doing this podcast. So, well, yeah. And you know, I think that's, I like that one though. I, I like how, uh, I think that's probably one of the more important ones these days than ever before. Mm -hmm especially like, you know, we're in a very heated political climate and, mm. um, you know, to the point where one side, both sides sort of hate each other, um, yeah. or are, you know, very dismissive of the other side. And, uh, I think, you know, now more than ever, you have to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and not hate them for their belief system, but try and get to the root of, of why they believe what they believe and, uh, and come to some common ground there. So I, I like that one. I'm glad that you include that. Yeah. So uh, dare to discover. Then the next is dare to excel. This is the idea that in order to feel fully alive, you have to devote yourself to a practice. Now, when I say practice, I mean a time-tested pathway of personal development. So you could think of martial arts as a, a practice where someone as a five or six-year-old could commit themselves. And then 10 years later, you could check in. They're still committed 20 years later, 30 years later, they could still be on the mat every single day and still be learning and growing in that craft. And it's like a, a journey without a finish line where they could just keep going and going and going. In this uh, achievement world that we live in where everyone gets a ribbon at the end of everything, like, great job, you're an A plus. And then you never come back to it. A lot of the greatest life lessons are when you come back to something over and over and over again. Like for me, it's been music. I play guitar. Today I'll get out. I travel with several guitars. I'll get out a couple of my guitars today and I'll play for 20 minutes and I'll stumble on the same things I was working on 20 years ago. And I've progressed and I'm a better player. And yet I still run in, I still smash myself into that wall of proficiency musical proficiency that has developed character over 20, 30 years. And so I feel every person, every human needs to be on that type of journey where they say, come, come, whatever comes every day. I'm going to be committed to this for the foreseeable future. It could be uh, public speaking. I'm going to be a great communicator. It could be music. It could be martial arts. It almost doesn't matter the domain so long as you find interest and joy in the domain. It's the, act, it's the process of becoming great at something. Now you can look at anyone who's great, any human that's great, and you can really appreciate and enjoy the greatness that they've, that they've created. And you have a lot more confidence yourself because 
anyone you see doing something, you go, oh, I could never do that. You realize, okay, with 10 years and 10,000 hours of practice, I too could do that. I'm not going to, but I'm capable because I've had this parallel journey where I became great at this other thing that uh, I get recognition and get noticed for. So dare to excel is about choosing a path, committing yourself and showing up every day to work on yourself as you work on whatever the practice is. How does that relate to you? What are some of your, your paths towards personal mastery? What are you working on? Uh, I mean, as far as excelling, like for me, it's all about habits and it's uh, revisiting the important habits every single day um, mm -hmm. because you got to know that you're growing every day. So for me, it's, I, I got to do some sort of learning, uh, preferably reading a book um, and got to do some sort of exercise or physical activity every single day. Um, mm. That way you're sort of like always reaching like sort of that next level. You know, you're not plateauing, you're not being stagnant. And also just, you know, in terms of excelling and, and, you know, looking for more, I think an important aspect of that is being ready to face the consequences of that commitment. Because, you know, if you decide that you want a lot out of life, then you're going to get a lot, but it's going to come with a, you know, a hefty price, you know, mentally, yeah. emotionally, uh, stress, you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta face up to that challenge. So I think that's definitely one that you have to dare for because, um, a lot of people choose to live a simple life. And so there, there's not much, they don't pay that big of a price, but if you, uh, you know, if you choose a lot, then you're going to have to pay a big price. I like to look at like Elon Musk, like mm. he has dared for a lot. He has dared to excel in the sense that he wants to revolutionize the way that, uh, we use cars. You know, he wants yeah. to revolutionize, change electric vehicles. And he wants to bring us to Mars, two simple <laughs> commitments, right? Convert the world's, uh, or accelerate the world's path to sustainable energy and bring us to Mars. And because of that commitment he has every single day he wakes up, there is a dozen new fake stories about him. Uh, there is more mm -hmm. people shorting him on the stock market than any human being has ever faced ever over a hundred million dollars of shorts mm. against Tesla. Um, and wow. he's under more scrutiny than, than, you know, probably anyone else that I can think of except maybe Donald Trump and uh, which is another example of someone who has tried to, you know, they've asked for a lot and you get a lot in return. Um, so uh, when, when you look at that, it's sort of, uh, it, you definitely have to dare for that one because yeah. the more you ask for the, the more you're going to, the bigger the price you're going to have to pay and you can pay it, but it's, it could be I, I think of uh, Connor McGregor, who I, I've gone back and forth of being a fan and being like, oh, I'm over him. Yeah. But uh, one thing you, you can't take away is he tested himself against the best of the best. Like even his boxing match idea, he, go, he goes in the ring with the greatest boxer of our generation. He doesn't really have a chance, but he has maybe a Hail Mary of a chance to just swing and maybe connect. But uh, he steps up with absolute confidence. And I think he really thought he was going to win. Like he was capable of putting himself in that ring as a winner. And I thought, oh, what an idiot. But then I also think, I wish I could be that kind of idiot to test okay. myself in front of the whole world with everything on the line and, and get $100 million, whatever the paycheck was. But uh, there is something remarkable about any man or woman who can take themselves all the way out to the edge and just see, can I do it? Am I capable? And I think that's really what the pursuit of excellence is. It's like, even if I'm playing guitar, in order to get better, I have to play something I can't yet play. I got to get right out to the edge, you know, that cliff. I got to fail or almost fail, but that's how you get better. And so doing that in any domain, I think that's, I think that's important uh, in becoming human. I don't know how else to say it. It's part of growing up is realizing, okay, I can devote 15, 20 years to something and get better and better and better. And then framing your whole life from that. Okay, what do I really want to be great at? And then chasing it. So uh, we're coming up on time here. Let's do the last one real quick. And then we'll summarize. The, that's all right. Sound good? Yeah, well, yeah. let's do it, man. Sounds good. Um, dare, dare to serve. That's the last one. So there's kind of bookends. The, the first one was dare to align. And then we've gone through five others. Create, connect, discover, dominate, and excel. And then the other bookend is dare to serve. 
And it's a simple idea. The measure of a human life is the amount of service or contribution that you give back to humanity. And so I want to frame my life beyond my life. And so the greatest question that I can ask myself is what do I want to be the day after I die or 10 years after I, what do, what, if I was never going to get credit and my ego was never going to be stroked and I was never going to get applause or recognition, what would I actually give my life for in service? And so for me, part of the writing process is I, I want to help people. I want to serve other people. These ideas that I've worked hard to find and to refine. I want part of my life and my legacy being passing those ideas on freely to other people and uh, creating the books and then maybe some e-courses, other, other ways for people to interact and grow, grow from the ideas. So I was raised in a very Christian home and uh, our whole life was about service. My parents were missionaries growing up. And so I think that was, that came from a young age, but then somewhere along the way, I realized I actually, I actually feel most alive when I'm helping people, when I'm contributing in any way, like that's when I feel the best about me. And so I don't think it's just my upbringing. I think it's just part of being a human is that it just feels great to help people. So I want to do that as much as I can. So dare to serve. That's the, the last, the final. I love it, man. I think it's, um, I think that is a great tenant to end off on. Uh, I think it's one that, uh, you know, it's really just crucial to realize that no matter what you're doing, you have to serve somebody. You know what I mean? It's like, like that Bob Dylan song or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to, uh, no matter just really any kind of success that you want to achieve, any sort of obstacle that you want to get over, you have to be able to commit yourself to uh, helping other people or, or, um, you know, working for other people, you know, whether in one sense or another. I mean, I often think, you know, I, I like how you frame it in a large scale, uh, sort of like what purposes do you want to serve for, you know, your legacy, your, you know, after you're dead. Um, but I think it's also something that people should implement on, on a small scale. Hmm. Um, on the, in their day-to-day -day life, uh, you know, just looking for any opportunity they can to hold the door, do the small things that, uh, you know, are sort of uh, really like the micro actions that help uh, other people around you just create the smallest bit of value um, whenever you can. So I, I think yeah. that's a great one. I love it. I, I'm reminded of an old Zig Ziglar quote. He used to say, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want out of life. And so I, there is a reward in the present, especially if you're in business and you're serving your customers, obviously your business is going to do great. So there's that component of like the value exchange day to day. If I show up trying to give more value than people are paying for, then people are going to want to have me around. Totally. So there's that very practical day to day. How do you make more money to, today? You think dare to serve people. That's how I make more money today. And then there's also the big picture of legacy and on beyond when I can't spend money anymore, what will I, what will I have created? So, yeah. Fantastic, man. Yeah. I think the, I think you've put together a great list and I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious to, you know, sort of see where this goes. And, and I think if you can keep dinging in these, uh, these values into people's lives, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to make your own dent in the universe there and, and, uh, you know, and see some serious transformations. Well, thank you for having me on. This has been very valuable to me just to talk. Sometimes when you say things out loud, you, you hear them differently. You, you know, they, it comes back to me differently, even as I'm saying it. So that's going to help me in writing. And then uh, thank you for the exposure and the people you're introducing me to. So thank, thank you for this conversation. Hopefully we'll have some more down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I look forward to connecting with you. I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. You mentioned you're in LA, uh, Las Vegas. So, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sure we'll find an opportunity to connect. And for everyone out there, where, where can they find your stuff? Where can they buy your books? Okay, the books are not out yet. They'll be out hopefully later this year or early next year. But every on every platform, I'm The Seven Dares. So, at T-H-E, numeral seven, dares d-a-r-e-s the seven dares and my name is stephen king but because the other stephen king you won't find me unless you use my middle name stephen thomas king stephen spelled s-t-e-p-h-e-n thomas king the seven dares everywhere love it man hey thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing all this information it's been fun you know this is normally i, I spend a lot of time talking 
uh, you know, interviewing and, and diving deep into, into your world. It's been fun to sort of uh, to talk a little bit about, you know, answer these questions and go through these seven dares. So it's, it's been cool, man. Uh, well, good I hope, to you. thank you. Thank you. And I hope you have a very daring and courageous day. Very thank connected. You. I hope you discover a lot. Hope you create some shit. Hope your world is dominated. Keep it in order. Yeah, I'm cheering for you. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks again. Okay, talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.